We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Live, once again, it's Saturday's version of the Field of 68's Best Bets live stream or Best Bets podcast, depending on where you are listening to it. Good me, give me one second. Let me hit this retweet button really quickly so we can get some followers and some you did it right you did it right today. here in the chat you didn't screw it up hey look you know what i bet about 50 percent. and if i was playing major league that. baseball do you know how good i would be give yourself i'd be all world 50%. i'd be all world i think you're at 70 uh, percent. yeah you know what if, if lebron made 70 percent of his jumpers you know how good he would be very true very true what do you got in there skip got- bayless would be out of a job what are you drinking already Nothing but black coffee. The blackest Good. black coffee you could pa- possibly yeah. have. You drink black coffee? Yeah, yeah. I can't drink anything else. Oh, man. I load it up with, like, anything that makes it not taste like coffee. No, I need that. I need that punch. You know, I need that caffeine. Just – I wish I could just, like, hook it straight up to my veins some days. Remember, Goodman, I have two kids under five, okay? You don't understand. I have two kids under oh, five. Oh, yeah. No. My, I, I, I am I am perfectly exhausted. I'm permanently, permanently exhausted every single day of my life and probably every day of my life for at least until this pandemic's over, man, <laughs> uh, at least until we get a vaccine. All right. Uh, before we dive into the best bets today, um, real quick, remember, Homefield Apparel, officially licensed and independently owned apparel company, collegiate apparel company based out of Indianapolis. Uh, they have great gear, great T-shirts, great sweatshirts. What they do is they go and they mine all of the old throwback logos from your favorite schools and your favorite uh, college teams, and they repurpose them, they redesign them, and they turn them into awesome T-shirts, awesome sweatshirts, awesome hoodies, awesome whatever kind of gear that you could possibly want. Uh, homefieldapparel.com. You get 20% off your first purchase with the promo code field of 68. And if you don't see your school listed on their website, if you tweet at them, it's at home field apparel, no E in apparel at home field apparel, no E. And you tell them what school you want. I guarantee at some point they are going to add that school to their roster. They just got to know what you want. The more people that let them know what, what, what they're missing, the more uh, likely they are to add that to their roster. What about of Tarleton State? Do you think we can get a, a bully Clyde Tarleton State? I'll text Connor right now and ask him, and I'll get an answer for you. That'd be big. Bully Clyde, you're a bully Clyde. State. <laughs> oh man! All right. So before we dive into today's uh, into to today's games, I got to ask you: Is it too early to give Luca Garza National Player of the Year? 
<laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I really don't think so. I mean, if he's if he's jacking threes and making them at that rate, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, like like it's ridiculous now. How do you guard him in college? Now again, you know the NBA part that's always going to be an issue defensively. Uh, but if this guy can step out and 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 be a guy who can make threes consistently, and he made six of seven last night, an absolute route uh, of of Iowa State, like. There's a place for him in the league. I'm not saying he's going to be a dominant player, but he he certainly should have a 10, 12-year NBA career because the kid works his ass off. He gets better at everything. And he's already pretty good at so many different things in scoring the ball. And there's a lot of guys in the league who can't guard. A lot of them. Yeah, I just I think that the defensive issues are too much of an issue for me to really sit here and say, yes, I can see him playing 10 years in the league. Will he make an NBA paycheck in his life? Absolutely. No, no, no. Now, the question, the, the thing you got to remember, though, is he, he's half Bosnian. He, he, does, he told me over the summer that he doesn't yet have the Bosnian passport and the Bosnian citizenship, but he, he will be able to get it, which means that when he goes and plays in Europe, he's not going to count against the cap for Americans on those rosters, which means the value of him in Europe is way more than the value of him in the NBA. So there, there's a very real world where Luca Garza makes more money playing basketball in Europe than he does in the NBA. I think he's a more valuable asset to a European super club. But he doesn't want to play in the NBA. I I get that, but, but that's part, that's part of the reason why I'm saying like, I don't think, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, he's going to have a 12-year NBA career because it could be the kind of thing where he hops between three rosters for a year and a half, and then he's like, you know what? Why am I doing this for um, a 75K camp guarantee when I can go make – oh, like the he had like million-dollar offers on the table for this year yeah. to play in Europe. Yep. So like if your choice is, okay, I'm going to be on a two-way or I'm going to go overseas and I'm going to make seven figures, like – yeah, you might have an NBA dream. You might want to do that for a while. You might want to chase that. But eventually, every person is going to get to the point where they say, okay, I'm going to go take that million dollar. You know who's still on a roster, Rob? You know who's still on an NBA roster? After, Who? After being drafted number two, coming out of Duke, Julia Okafor. He's still playing. He, he's True. not – listen, he's not what we thought he might be in the NBA, but he's still going to have a 10- or 12-year NBA career as a rotation big in the league. If Jaleel Okafor can do that, why the hell can't Luka Garza? I'd make the argument that Jaleel is a little bit better defensively because he's bigger and he's longer. Um, I I mean, I I hear what you're saying, and I really don't want to disparage Luka Garza after that performance we saw yesterday. But there's there's very, very real and very legitimate and very large concerns about him on the defensive end. Before we move on, though, I do want to say, like, Robbie Hummel on that broadcast last night was cracking me up. Because he was after Luca hit the third one, he just started laughing. And as he shot the fourth one, Robbie was like, "Oh yeah, that's going in." Boom, <laughs> buckets. And the best part was Luca hit all these threes as a seven footer on like quick catch and release stuff. Like they were running uh, pin downs and in screens for him off of baseline out of bounds plays that like you normally would run for Joe Wieskamp or Jordan Bohannon, and they're running it for Luca. And, and like he's catching. Part of the deal of him coming back to school is, hey, man, we're going to run stuff for you. We're, we're going to let the NBA see 
that you can step out and shoot the three. <laughs> yes. And he wasn't even hitting the rim. Like these things were going straight through, ripping the nets. Oh, what an un- unbelievable performance. Um, was there anything else from yesterday we need to touch on? No. Georgetown's collapse. Yeah. How about that? You tweet, oh, you kiss a death from Doster. You tweet out the score. It was like 40 to 22 when you tweeted out. And ever since then, what, what was the run after post Doster okay. tweet? First of all, it was not a run. Okay. It spanned 22 minutes. There's, you cannot call it a run if it spans 22 minutes. I will, I will die on this hill. You cannot call something a run in college basketball if it spans 22 minutes and two halves. Fine. That that said, it was a surge. You can call it a surge. You can it's call a it a siege. You can call it whatever you want. You cannot call it a run. Okay. But it was 48-17 after I put in my bet on Villanova's uh, money line, the second one. I got two of them in yesterday. So uh, I was not complaining about that. I got What did you get them at? I got one at like minus 105 and one at plus 118 or something like that. And then I also got uh, West Virginia was down eight at the half to North Texas, yeah. and I fired at that. And they ended up – both those teams ended up covering the uh, the pregame spread, which was pretty wild um, when you think about it. All right, talking about pregame spreads, we have a whole bunch of games on the slate today. Um, I, think the, I think the biggest one that we probably need to talk about right off the jump is uh, Florida against Florida State. That's probably the best game of the day, I'd say. Um Florida is there's a lot of good games, but there's no best game of the day, in my opinion. But look, Illinois, Missouri. That could be really good too. Right. Yeah. Couple of good good rivalry games. But let's start with Florida, Florida State. Yeah. Uh Florida's oh, yeah. getting a point and a half. The 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 money line is plus one oh four. Um Florida State is coming off of that overtime win at home against Indiana, while Florida has actually looked pretty impressive over the course of like the first uh, three games. Yep. They're running a little bit more, so uh, where where do you fall on this one? Uh, I don't have a great feel on this one. I, I, I like I think Florida State's – haven't they had their number in this series? I feel like Florida State's had their number. So I'd probably take Florida State at home uh, in Tallahassee. I, I think it's, it's going to be uh, well-attended. There's going to be an actual home court advantage in this one, from what I'm hearing. Um, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I don't have a feel. Florida State's still so young to me in, in terms of like losing Pat Williams, losing Trent Forrest, uh, losing Devin Vassell. That, that I, I need to see more out of them before I, I, I have any confidence in them. Um, but if I gun to my head, if I have to take somebody, I'm taking Florida State. So I, I think I'm going to be on Florida and I'm going to be on the money line in this spot uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it does seem like Mike White is trying to get out and run a little bit more with this Florida team, which I think he needs to do. Um, you know, we had him, Patrick Young had him on uh, the, uh, the the Young and the Rowdies podcast. And uh, what Mike White was saying is like, this is the most athletic team that he's had since like the first year that he was at Florida. So this is finally like a roster that can get out and run the way that he wants to get out and run. Uh, and I think that that's relevant. You know, if you have Trey Mann and Scotty Lewis and Noah Locke and these guys getting out in transition, that really changes the calculus in terms of what Florida can be. Um, I also, after watching the Indiana, the Florida State-Indiana game, um, I think there are some very real concerns about Florida State's ball screen defense. And Florida is, um, is going to put Florida State into ball screens. You know, Trey Mann is going to run ball screens. So uh, I do think that's going to be a concern. You know, all, all Florida State wants to do is switch everything. And there were some serious miscommunications that they had um, with the Indiana 
the the way Indiana was running their ball screens. Like if you're getting lit up by Christian Lander and Rob Finnessy, there might be some concerns about your uh, your your perimeter and ball screen defense. Well said. Well said. Uh, all right, let's get on to to me. Illinois Missouri is the best game of the day because of everything that it involves, right? And especially the line. To me, again, Illinois given three here seems small, right? It's, it's well, I, yeah, and I'm seeing two and a half. Two and a half, three, and and Illinois is a top ten team. Everybody knows them. Uh, Io, uh, you know, Kofi. They got great freshmen and Adam Miller. Um, but Missouri's pretty talented. Like this is a team that now they beat an Oregon team that was missing, you know, two starters at the end of the day: LK Figueroa and and Will Richardson. Um, but they've got talent and and they run now. Uh, Xavier Pinson's a point guard that can get them up and down. They got Tillman down low. They got good wings. And they've got talent. I feel like this line is one of those that just it, it screams take Illinois, which to me means I'm taking Missouri. I'm going Missouri on this one. I mean, that's kind of the way that I feel about it too. Like it feels like such a trap. Yes. But you're sitting here like, oh man, that's a layup taking right. Illinois minus two and a half. Yep. Um all of the the projection sites and all of the metrics have the value on Missouri in this spot. They're all saying that it should be like a one point uh one point uh spread uh towards Illinois. Um Missouri is going to be playing at home. They won that coin flip tossed by uh, the homie Andy Katz. Yep. So I don't know. I, I there aren't any I, there aren't very many lines at all that I love today. Like I loved the Iowa over yesterday. I loved UCLA minus four and a half yesterday. I don't love there. There's spots that I like. There's spots where I think you can get some thin value. There's spots where um, I'm going to be betting just because it's a Saturday and it's college basketball. And like, why not? We're going to be betting, but there's no spots that I love today. Um, and this is certainly one of them. I, I honestly don't even know if I'm going to have money on this game. Um, if I do, it'll probably be on Illinois simply because like, I'm not, I just can't fade this Illinois team right now. Like yeah, I don't. I'm taking Mizzou. I'm taking Mizzou. The, the, the right. game I like the, the best, I actually like Notre Dame's getting seven and a half against a Kentucky team that has looked absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Notre Dame kind of, it's in Rupp. I get it, but so was the, the Richmond game, and that didn't help them a whole lot. Uh, they'll have some fans there, but it's not going to be packed. But what Notre Dame has is, is similar to the teams that have already – uh, taking down Kentucky, which is some experience, right? I mean, Prentice Hub, a junior, um, Cormac Ryan's like the youngest guy in, in their starting five, and and he's a redshirt sophomore who sat out last year. So they, you know, Mike Bray's team isn't what you remember from a few years ago. Those teams that were rolling into the NCAA tournament really old and had had a pro. I'm not sure they have a pro on their team. But what they do have is experience, and what they have is a point guard with experience in Prentice Hub and Cormac Ryan in the backcourt, those two against Devin Askew, who has looked atrocious so far. And I, I, I really like Askew. I hope he comes around because I, I like him as a kid. I think he's tough. I think, again, it's just a lot to handle for a freshman point guard. Mm-hmm. Done this over and over already without a lot of great weapons around him. Um, and, and those weapons need – a point guard to make their life easier too, whether it's Brandon Boston, Terrence Clark, um, and Davian Mintz isn't good enough to be a frontline point guard for Kentucky. So they're in a tough spot, but I think given seven and a half, 
is is too many for Kentucky. Maybe they win it, but I think it'll be close if they win it. So my take is pretty similar on that game. Um, I don't want to be on Kentucky laying that many points at all. Uh, I am worried about the fact that you know Richmond has a very clearly defined offense, and they have some very very good uh, weapons on that end of the floor. You know, um, the the sophomore I'm blanking on his name um, that your daughter just had on the uh, her, Tyler her Tyler yeah Burton. Tyler Burton. Um, Grant Golden, uh, the two little guards are just absolute studs. So Richmond, there's like ways that you can kind of say, okay, yes, I know how they can beat that Kentucky defense. When it comes to Georgia Tech, like as bad as they were last season and the disappointments that we've seen with them early on this year, Moses Wright still kicked every front court player's ass on Kentucky. They still have Jose Alvarado. Um, they still have Michael Defoe. Like so they still have guys but that can Jeff, go up and win a match. They can shoot it. The, the hard part to me, the matchup is so different than than Richmond. No, yeah, no, I agree with you. Like I'm not saying take Kentucky at all. What I'm saying is I don't trust Notre Dame to be able to put up a lot of points on Kentucky. That said, Kentucky offensively has just looked like such a disaster. Like I, I can't. The only way that you can say like you you're confident in them scoring is basically offensive rebounds and, and stuff in transition. And Notre Dame's not going to let you get out in transition. So um, I just feel like the under is the is the play here because I'm not I'm not convinced. Like I could see this game being something like Kentucky winning 60 to 50 um, or 65 to 55 or something like that. So um, I, I just don't see how either team really gets it going offensively here. So I'll I'll be on Kentucky under. I think that that is one forty four. Let me just double check really quick at the sports book that won't be named until we can name them. Okay. Um, yeah, one forty three and a half. So I'll, I'll be on under one forty three and a half in that game. What else do you like today? What else do you sort of like today? So you don't like your balls. You don't like Tennessee. Uh, seven is a lot of points in a spot where. Um, I don't feel like we really know Cincinnati. Uh, Tennessee is playing their second game in four days. They looked like they were really tired at times against Colorado. I, I just – I love Tennessee. I'm going to stay away from betting them for another couple of weeks until they – I feel like they really have their legs underneath them. Because, like, if they're yep. – they're, 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 they just – I don't know. They, they just didn't look like the team I was expecting them to look like in their first game. So I'm going to wait a little bit before I bet on them. I, I just – but I'm also not going to take – seven points on Cincinnati because I, I I don't know how good they are. It's just, again, another weird game where I don't like the spot at all. Uh, the the what, what I do like, however, is um, Auburn is getting six and a half. The line opened up at Memphis minus four, and Auburn is now getting six and a half um, at Memphis. Uh, I think that that's pretty good. Um, I also think that – I love Memphis. I love Memphis there. You like Memphis in that spot? Even with um, the, line, the line makes me like him even more. Like, like to me again, Memphis is old—not old, but they're experienced now. Um, where Auburn is so young and just not very good. Yeah, but just not. I, I mean, I think I think Auburn has a little bit more talent than than what people have been giving them credit for. But it all feels like it's a year away. Like JT Thor has a chance to be pretty good. Yep. Um, Alan Flanagan has a chance to be really good. Devin Cambridge, I think, can be good. Like the Justin Powell kid. How much does Kentucky wish they had a kid like Justin Powell to make threes off of their bench? That's what they need. Um, so, but what I like more than the points is the over in that game because what Auburn wants to do is run, 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 run. Right. That, that's the way that they play. And Memphis 
They'll press. They'll get out in transition. We know how bad their half-court offense can be. Yeah, they need to um, get out. If you force them to play that way. And it's like if 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 a game gets going up and down, who the, Memphis does not have that guy that's just going to say, okay, I'm going to take the ball. I'm going to slow this thing down. We're going to take control of this game. We're going to take control of the place, blah, 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 blah. So I, I that that total is 144. Like I love the over there. That's where I'm going to be. Um, I like uh, Winthrop giving ten and a half against USC Upstate. It's a it's a league game. Winthrop uh, early on they beat UNC Greensboro and Little Rock, two teams that we thought were going to be really good mid majors. Greensboro. I, hold on, I don't know where you're getting your lines, but that line's down to nine. All right, well I like it even better. Maybe to open to ten and a half, but it's down. Yeah, it's, the, it's uh, Winthrop minus nine, so right. that's not bad. Well, I like it even better because Upstate's without their coach, Dave Dickerson. They're they're not that good. They're just not that good. So uh, to me, Winthrop, one of the better mid-majors. They've been off for about 10 days. That's the only thing that concerns me. They had a pause uh, a little bit there. So, uh, But I, I still like Winthrop there. And the other one I like is BC Syracuse under. Uh, I think it's 150 and a half. And uh, – I just don't know where those two teams are going to score, you know, and I think BC is going to have trouble the zone. Um, I, I like the under there. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm so terrified of betting any kind of unders with Syracuse without having their, their interior presence. Um, the, uh, what, um, what's the name of their, their center that just got hurt? The Torres meniscus. Sadibe, Sadibe. Ramos Sadibe. Like they're playing Merrick Dolezal. At the five, yeah. like Joe Girard, and if Buddy ba- is Buddy Behan back yet? I don't know if he's playing. I don't know. He was he was tracing, so I, I'm not sure if he's playing today or not. I can find that out. Hold on. I'll yeah. Um, either way, I I don't <laughs> I don't want to take any unders against Syracuse because I'm I'm not convinced they can actually get any stops. So um, I will not be following you there. There are two more that I do want to mention that I do think are a little bit interesting. One is Toledo minus eleven and a half against UMKC. Uh, Kempom has that at 14. Um, so getting it at 11 and a half seems like there is value there. Uh, I think that Toledo is really good. The one thing that concerns me is Billy Donlin at UMKC. Like he's known for being like the defensive coach. Like he, he knows how to get a team to guard. He knows how to get a team to lock up. If you looked at his right state teams, they were all like ranked in the two hundreds in offensive efficiency and like, Top 100, top 50 yeah. defensive efficiency yeah. at, at Wright State. Like he's not there yet with UMKC, but he like he that strikes me as the kind of game that could get played in the 60s and laying uh, 11 and a half in a game that's going to be like in the 50s or 60s is a lot of points. And so I, that's the one thing that does worry me. Uh, but I do think that Toledo's good. I think Toledo's probably what like a top 14 in the MAC. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I and I'm not sure UMKC is a top half of the top half of the league team in the Summit League. So I think Toledo minus 11 and a half, there's value, so I'll be on that. And the last one that I'm going to be yeah. on, you know who I'm fading? I'm fading no. your Washington. boy, Washington. Mark, Mark Gottfried. I'm fading your boy, Mark Gottfried. Yeah, what are they? Pepperdine, 14? Pepperdine minus 14 and a half uh, against Cal State Northridge at home. Um, that should be a high-scoring game, so I'm not worried about laying that many points. Uh, and Pepperdine – I feel like the market still undervalues them a little bit, even though they've they've performed really well in the losses to uh, they played. It was San Diego State. They lost by five. UCLA, they took the triple overtime and ended up losing by nine. 
Colby Ross might be the best point guard in the country that nobody is paying attention to. Kessler Edwards has a very real chance to play in the NBA. And Mark Gottfried is Mark Gottfried. So I will be on Pepperdine in that spot. The funny thing is, you know what's funny about, about no. betting on the, – the funny thing about betting on Pepperdine in this spot and being like, oh, yeah, you got to fade Mark Gottfried. We're betting on Lorenzo Romar, who went 2-16 and 16 with Markel Fultz on his roster. Very true. Very true. So uh, people are asking. Jonathan Warner is asking. And we get a couple people. Uh, Wichita State, Oklahoma State. I think the line is four. Am I wrong? Uh, that's yeah. That's what the when I saw when I looked this morning. That's what it was. Wichita is getting four at home. Um, I, I, I wouldn't pick Wichita. I mean, if I'm taking anybody, I'm taking Oklahoma State there and laying the four. But I don't know if I love that either. Um, it's a it's that's a pure stay away from me. I don't I don't trust. Oklahoma State's supporting cast quite yet at this point. Um, and they've had, like, if you look at some of the teams they've played, it's been closer than it should have been against, like, Oral Roberts and um, who did they uh, – can't remember who the other team they played was. I don't have their schedule in front of me. But I also – I have no interest in betting on Wichita State at this point. So, um, I, I generally speaking, like, I, I try to stay away from small road favorites. Like, if you're telling me someone's going to get, like, under four – or is laying under four on the road. Um, I'm going to try to stay away from that. Uh, I don't know if that's still the right play in the coronavirus era. So I don't know, but that's a pure stay away from me. Um, then people are also asking, we'll, we'll try to do this as much as we can too. We haven't done a great job of it, but, but answering the questions, Oregon, Washington, if I'm going anybody, I'm laying the points. I'm just, I'm fading Washington all year right now. They're terrible. Oregon finally kind of, other than Will Richardson, they got Figueroa back. He's played a couple games. I think they're uh, they're giving seven, seven and a half, somewhere around there. And seven. Uh, I take the Ducks. I take the Ducks. I actually do like that. That yeah, that's actually a good line. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that one down. And I'm gonna be on that one too. All right, so give me give me your rundown of the picks that you like today, Goodman. That you got your official I'm going Mizzou, Notre Dame, uh, Memphis, and the Memphis over Winthrop. BC under Oregon. All right. I have the Florida money line at plus 104. I have Kentucky under 144, Auburn over 144, Toledo minus 11 and a half, and Oregon minus seven. Let's get some win today. Didn't you go Pepperdine? Minus today, baby. Didn't you go Pepperdine? Also? Oh, yeah. Pepperdine, Pepperdine too. Pepperdine minus 14 and a half. I got to freaking keep track of you. I mean, come on. What's going on here? I have it all written down in my notes. I got a, I got a little note thing going. Well, obviously, you need better notes. I do need better notes. All right. Homefieldapparel.com, 20% off your first purchase. Promo code FIELD68. Let's get some wins today. Later, Goodman. Later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.